Hey loves, it is so nice to be back with you. Welcome to 2024, to a whole new season of Courage and Spice. Welcome to the age of Aquarius. And if some of the slightly more esoteric folks that I follow are to be believed, this could also be the beginning of a whole new world. So that's something to look forward to, right? Hey guys and gals and non-binary pals. This is Courage and Spice, the podcast for humans with self-doubt, hosted by me, Sass Petherick. I'm a coach and supervisor, and I'm a little bit obsessed with how we heal the root causes of our self-doubt. On the podcast, you can expect interviews with delightful humans and evidence-based resources and original coaching tools. So if self-doubt is holding you back, then Courage and Space was made especially for you with so much love. I'm so glad you're here. I am coming to you from my little office in our beautiful home in Bristol, where I have been for the last seven years, I think. And today is the last day that I'm going to be working from here. I've got some dear friends coming to take away a super comfy reading chair to their house tomorrow. And while they're here, I've convinced Paul to dismantle my desk because it's one of those motorized uppy downy ones and it's super heavy. So he has kindly offered to do that while I take Lisa out for lunch. So I'm thrilled. But it also means that this is the last day that I'll be working in this little room, which has been a real like haven for me. It's where I've created several programs, where I've coached hundreds of people. I've felt so inspired and I don't know held by this room sometimes rooms do that to us right and I've sort of you know felt myself falling into this room on occasions when I've needed somewhere to go that's just where I can be this has been the place that I've come and in a few weeks time this will be a very small girl's bedroom which I'm delighted by (laughs) so Yeah, all is changing. So if you are going, what is she on about? I thought that I would use this episode to give you a little update on what's going on in my world and some of the changes that are coming for me personally, how that might impact you if you are thinking about working with me this year and yeah, sort of what's coming down. So On the day after Boxing Day, my dear partner in crime, Ash, flew out to New Zealand, Aotearoa, New Zealand, and he has been spending the last six weeks or so setting us up in New Zealand. He is, we're moving to the quite small town, very close to Auckland City, where my mother-in-law and Ash's brother and his family all live. And we have found a little wooden villa where we're going to live. And Ash has been ordering furniture and we needed a fridge and a washing machine and all kinds of bits and pieces. So he's gone ahead and set all of that up for us. And honestly, it's been quite comical because we decided we weren't going to ship any of our furniture. That didn't seem responsible. So... We're storing some of our furniture here. Some of it needs updating. So it's like, okay, this is a good time to have a little clear out. But yeah, we decided we would, because we're not sure how long we're going to be in Aotearoa, we thought, let's just, you know, furnish the house we move into. So (laughs) 
we've had the most comical conversations over WhatsApp with Ash saying, I quite like this color fabric. And I'm like, oh, it looks a bit green to me. And then he's been asking, you know, people in the store to take a chair outside so I can see it in daylight over a WhatsApp camera. It's been pretty funny. But we are delighted with the little house we've got. It's only a couple of blocks away from the main sort of village area where all the cafes and bookshops and all the fun stuff is. So it means that we're kind of going to be moving to a walkable city, which has always been a total personal dream for me. And we're also going to be like 10 minutes walk to the beach, which I know it just sounds so dreamy, doesn't it? So of course, we're in the middle of the West Country here in Bristol, which is quite a, um, it's more kind of parks and forests than it is beaches, for sure. So it's been quite interesting as well to see how our tastes and the furnishings we want have changed just to fit the environment we're moving into. So we've got a really funky green velvet sofa that is super fun. It was definitely my choice <laughs> and Ash Blessing went along with me. And we've got this quite really beachy looking white linen sofa that is being made at the moment. And I'm I'm kind of jazzed about that. It does have sort of Bondi beach themes, even though that is not where we're moving to. But it just needs our shipping container to arrive with all our art and rugs and we need a few plants and a couple of really big crystals in the house. You know how it is. But yeah, I'm so looking forward to like unpacking our boxes of books and ceramics and really setting up home there and making it feel like ours. It just feels like such a blessing to be able to do this. Like what a an amazing opportunity at in our 50th year to go on this adventure together. I'm I'm pretty stoked about the whole thing. But because Ash left just after Christmas, it means I've spent the last few weeks, months, in a bit of a cocoon, just on my own, at home, just me and Bodhi, um, because he is, according to New Zealand Border Control, a complete biohazard, and so the last few months have been full of blood tests and paperwork and all kinds of admin between the vet here and our pet travel company and the quarantine people in Auckland to just coordinate him being able to immigrate. It is way more complicated than for a human. But we're on the home stretch now. He just has one final blood test and then they'll pick him up and he will be put into the cargo hold of a lovely big safe plane that will take him straight to New Zealand with no issues. And then he spends 10 days in quarantine before we bust him out of jail and take him straight to the beach. And I'm just very anxious about his whole journey, but I'm holding that vision of taking him to the beach and just super snuggles and how excited he's going to be to, to see us again. And to see Ash, who he won't have seen for a couple of months, he will probably explode with joy because secretly I think Ash is his favorite person. So yeah, I'm in this kind of cocoon. I don't really see many people. Like I've got my pals who I, you know, am catching up with now and then, but most of the time I'm actually on my own. And I thought, I, I think I was quite nervous about spending this much time alone. I haven't done this for at least 15 years. I haven't spent any serious time on my own. And even back then, you know, I had a day job and I was going to the office. Do you remember those days? So so this has been quite an interesting experiment for me. I feel like I'm in this real cocoon at the moment. 
and I definitely feel like some new wings are growing in in the process. At first, it did feel a little bit like I was turning into some goo. I wasn't quite sure who I was without you know people around me. Both Ash is is obviously in New Zealand, and my really close friend Phil, who who lives ten minutes away, is actually spending the same amount of time in Australia. So she left the same day Ash did, and she comes back the day I fly out. So. By this weird synchronicity, I've I've sort of found myself alone in my in my city here. And you know, it's been really interesting just when no one else is watching, what how do we take care of ourselves? I've learned quite a lot about encouraging myself and you know, setting some good intentions for the day. That's made a huge difference as well as some really solid routines and so I do feel like it took a week or two but now I'm in this lovely routine it feels a bit like a self-care love affair that I'm having at the moment one of the things that I've been really focused on over the last year particularly since I had my my diagnosis of heart failure is to put in place some really solid foundations for my health So, you know, taking my vitamins and drinking all my water and making sure I get, you know, five to 10 servings of veggies a day, eating protein at every meal, making sure I'm walking every day, all these real basic things that I think in the past I've sort of gone, yeah, if I can, like it's not been a real priority for me. But when I had this diagnosis, this was really the only thing that was within my control. And so I sort of cleaved onto it (laughs) with all that I was worth. And I have to say now, I'm so glad I did because I don't think I've ever felt this well. I've lost over 20 kilos, which some of that I think was, was emotional eating and, you know, leftover from the pandemic. Some of it, I think I'm sort of through that now and into more about, you know, just what happens when you're regularly moving and you're not emotionally eating. I think our bodies find a really lovely equilibrium. And it's been really fascinating, genuinely taking care of my what I'm eating for health reasons, how, how less attached I am to any outcome. I actually have to weigh myself every day because of my condition, because one of the symptoms that things are off is that I gain water weight quite suddenly. That just usually is a great indicator that something isn't right. So I've been told to weigh in every day, which actually was super triggering at the start. If you've been listening for a, a, a period of time or you've followed me for a period of time, you know that I haven't had the like many of us, the easiest of relationships with my body. But now that I'm sort of a a year into this new routine, I feel like I have such a deep appreciation for my body, for what it is working through and keeping me alive through and how I feel like I'm in partnership with my body. It's it's quite a, a big shift. I'm sad that it took me until now in my life to feel like this. I'm really sad that it took a diagnosis for me to really get my shit together. But I also recognize that, you know, the timing is probably just what it needed to be. And I've been doing this because, you know, the main treatment for my heart failure is medication. And I've spent the last six months getting into a 
yet to the correct dosage for all seven medications that I'm on. And they are now working in quite a lovely orchestral harmony. <laughs> I hope it lasts for a really long time. But I've been signed off from the heart failure clinic and, and I'm being handed over to the adult congenital heart unit in Auckland in New Zealand. It all feels quite sweet actually to get to this place. I've got my last appointment with the cardiac devices appointment at the Bristol Heart Institute this week. So all of it just feels like this lush endings that that is, or at least at, at the end of this phase of where I'm at with my treatment. And I, I just couldn't be happier. And I think for a lot of us, you know, 2023 was was a bit like that. You know, there was lots of interruptions and unexpected things that happened for so many people. I, I'm, I know I'm certainly not alone. I know a lot of folks went through relationship breakups of quite long-term connections and a shift in their work and a, you know, sort of change in perhaps what they're focusing on. A lot of stuff was going on last year. A lot of deaths. I heard about a lot of deaths last year. It felt like a year of, you know, how some, I can't remember who said it, that some years are are all about the questions and some years are the answers. And it felt to me like last year was just all the answers, like here it is, here's what's going on, kind of get it out of your system. Um, I'm kind of fascinated, I think you might know this about me now, I'm kind of fascinated about astrology and I choose to believe it gives us a sort of a map of our our human experience. I think it's quite fascinating how these coincidences come up and how all Virgos that I know uh, share these beautiful <laughs> personality traits. It cannot be a coincidence. So many people in my life are Virgos. But I, I kind of love that. And what we know about this time in our human story is that we're entering into the age of Aquarius, where Pluto is now living in Aquarius for the next 20 years. And the cool thing about Aquarius is that it is marked by cooperation and community, innovation. These are the sort of traits or the, the qualities that we associate with Aquarius. It's all about speeding up innovation and new ideas. And my God, do we need that? Don't we need, you know, really smart, smart brained people to come up with solutions to these complex problems that we're all living with? Whereas the last age we've come out of is Capricorn, and that's much more rigid, follow the rules, you know, very top down type approach, at least you know, this is what I've learned from my my teachers. So I'm quite excited about this entering this new age. I think it's probably a coincidence that I'm feeling physically, mentally, emotionally really well as we enter this age, and that's why I'm excited. But I have to say 2024 just feels to me like such a, a year of beginnings, such a year of new starts and new energy. I'm certainly feeling that. And I haven't always really tuned into those those sort of, you know, more esoteric worldly energies, but I'm certainly feeling it now. And I'm, I'm really, really excited about what's coming this year for me personally, moving back to New Zealand and what all of that will entail. 
I'm excited about working with a new coach that I'm, you know, just adore and I'm really thrilled about the work that we're going to to get together and do with her group. Her her group is called Expansion. So I am so freaking up for that. I think my year my word for this year is thrive, but expansion feels like a total lovely twin to that. I'm really, really devoted to making self-belief school so to be the, the program that if you've got self-doubt, it's sort of a no-brainer to come and join us in. I've got some really fun things coming up this year around self-belief school, some before I go at the end of February. So the most immediate thing to tell you about is I've been working on a guide to how to interrupt procrastination. Procrastination is the number one symptom of self-doubt. And so many people have been talking to me about this over the last while. And so I've been noodling about that, really following the, the sort of fun of it. And I've put together this, this guide. It's about 12 pages, I think. It's totally free. Just download it. We'll put the link in the show notes. And that will actually give you a sort of introduction into my work as well. It's It's been the most fun and I don't know, just I've really enjoyed putting this together for you. And it's one of those things where when you take away like this, this launch mentality. So if you're not in the coaching world, then this may be totally new to you. But the way that we've all sort of been shown by online businesses to to sell our programs, to market and sell our programs is to launch them, to create this big sort of sort of party atmosphere around a, a program that we're going to be teaching and then, you know, invite people to enroll all at the same time. And then you kind of get all these emails saying, come and enroll. It's going to be amazing. You've probably <laughs> experienced that if you've been in and around coaches. And then you come along and join and there's usually a whole lot of people with you and you all go through the program together. And that has been kind of fun. I, I must admit, I've quite liked the, the energy and the excitement of launching in the past. But last year, I just sort of lost my love for it. It really started to feel a bit contrived. Like, we all know I'm going to I'm gonna, you know, be marketing and selling this in another year or in another few months. So there isn't actually any urgency. And I just thought you know what, this is not how I teach. I teach to, you know, and my whole ethos is about self-compassion, nervous system regulation, you know, taking doable steps. And so I made a very conscious decision last year that I was just not going to do these big, crazy launches. I'm so glad that I listened to my intuition. And what that means is that self-belief school is available at any time. It means that you can decide one night, why am I procrastinating? Google it, find my program, and you can enroll that day and start working on your self-doubt in that moment, which I love. And I found that human behavior being what it is, we kind of need a deadline. Like sometimes it, I think it's quite hard for us to go, I'm going to invest in myself just because this feels like something that can help me. And so, you know, that's on me now to come up with innovative, gentle ways to say, hey, here's how I help. Here's how I work. And so this this procrastination guide is, is like a free taste of my sort of the way my brain works around this stuff, what I've learned over the years of my research and my graduate dissertation, as well as 
you know, working with so many lovely clients over the years. And what we know from Self-Belief School now being live for the last few years. So it's like, here's a little taster. See what you think. If this feels good to you, come and join us because there is so room for you and for all of you, all the parts of you, especially the parts of you that are like, I think I've got too much self-doubt to join a program that's all about self-doubt because I can't tell you how many people tell me that. And so I'm really thinking about your experience. So it means that you can have a chat with me before you join, super chill, we'll just meet for a cup of tea, see what you think. And then when you do enroll, we have a session together, just you and me. And that is designed to help you sort of know where to start in the program, like what's going to give you the most bang for your buck straight away. But also for you to feel like you've got a a bit of a learning path that's specific to your experience. Personally, I love that really high touch, one-to-one tailored experience. And it means that when you come and join a group call, you're going to feel like you you already know what to expect and who who everyone is, right? Because I'll chat to you about how our calls go and what you can expect. It means that If you have self-doubt about joining a group, which so many of us do, me included, I'm not really a joiner. It means that as you you come along to a a self-belief coaching call, you're going to feel like these are your people. Because I tell you, if you're listening to this, these are your people, right? These are the kindest, most curious and courageous women I've ever spent time with. I'm I adore the people in self-belief school. We have such a lovely time together and a couple of people were saying to me, you need to be telling people more about how fun this is because I think most of us understandably think self-belief school, yeah that sounds great, but I'm going to have to look at all my self-doubt, aren't I? And I totally understand that that can come with some trepidation and maybe even some some fear around what you might discover. So I just want you to know I am right beside you the whole way and there isn't anything you can bring to self-belief school that we can't help you with. It is such a lush program. I'm super proud of it and I know you're going to fit right in. So look out for that guide on procrastination. It's the first step. It'll get you sort of thinking about how you might use these approaches and, and what additional support you might need because We all do, right? How many of us try and do this stuff on our own? I know I did for so many years. And my kind of getting to here to where I am has been exponentially faster, exponentially more fun, and just easier on me when I've chosen support along the way. I need to take my own medicine, don't I? (laughs) Um, And the other thing that I've got coming up is that for all of you coaches and therapists out there, Self-Belief Coaching Academy is running this year. The time zones make it slightly tricky, so we will be having an evening call if you are in the UK. But if you are in the States or Asia Pacific, the time zones are lush and you're going to love it. So do have a little look. If you are thinking this is the year I want to take my my coaching expertise mastery to the next level, then I, I really want you to check out this program. The feedback I've had around SBCA just it makes me blush. And I also want you to know that So many of the graduates come through this program and say it is nothing like any other coaching program they've been through. And not only are you learning tools that you can't learn anywhere else, 
after you graduate, that's not where our relationship ends. In fact, in some ways, it's just beginning. I have monthly supervision and support calls for as long as you need, right? So that means you can come along to a monthly call. You can bring client dilemmas. You can bring stuff that's going on with your business or things that are happening for you as a human. And you are going to be in the company of other practitioners. You'll get supervision from me. You'll get support from me and a sense of community around you. And I think, you know, for me, whenever I've done any kind of training, at the end of it, they've said, good luck, see ya. And I've thought, what the hell? I'm just figuring it out. I've just put this program together in my mind and I'm making sense of it. And now I'm going to go and work with clients and you've gone. Like, this is when I need you the most. So I knew that when I was putting SBCA together, I really wanted this to support you as a holistically as a practitioner. If you start to, to work with me, what you'll know is that my jam is like long-term support. It's a pay once, then get that support for as long as you need it. And I think sometimes people, and I certainly have worked with coaches in the past who've said, you really need to monetize this. And I'm like, well, I see it very differently. I think that there is room for everyone and I want my work to be as accessible as possible. And I don't necessarily think that the basis of any relationship needs to be about who's paying for it. I think once you pay the entry fee, you're in. So every program that you work with me in is a kind of once and done. Like you pay once and you can stay for as long as you like, for as long as this material is useful to you. Partly that's because the the kind of model of coaching that I am trained in and that I adore is developmental. And that takes time. That means that however ready we think we are for change, sometimes it takes about three times longer, especially if you're me. And so I never want the end of a program to limit your ability to grow and change and expand as part of our work together. So super fun things coming up this year. I'm also really excited to be Working from my new new office in New Zealand, it has French doors out to the front of the little a little veranda. It's got two windows. It's it's gorgeous. I can't wait to show it to you. I'm really just so thrilled to be back with you. We've got some really fun guests coming up over the next while. I've been beavering away, inviting people to to interview with me. So if you are a creative business owner, if you're in menopause. If you love like rich, deep conversations with really interesting women, then stick around this season. It's going to be so, so fun. So look, I am going to send you off with a ton of love. I can't believe I did this in one take. My podcast producer, Kay, who's a freaking genius, will be so happy with me. But this has just felt like a little catch up after some time away. I hope that 2024 is being gentle with you and that you are also feeling into this new Aquarian energy. And yeah, you're ready for what this amazing year on planet Earth is going to bring us. Sending all the love and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.